And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school, get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up in darkness from the ones who walk in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadows out of sight this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is July the 12th. July the 12th. Uh, Here comes that bloody convention. Right. You ready for that one, boys and girls? I'm not ready. I have not uh, armed myself. I have not armed myself for the uh, onslaught. Yes. For the circus, yes. Uh, uh, here at KPFA, the coverage of uh, the Republican convention will mean a shift in programming. Uh, I will be off the air for the next three Tuesdays coming up. I should, I should just give up. Should just go to the seashore and read old New Yorkers. Uh, actually, I'd rather read the foreign press these days. Uh, uh, the Guardian from London, I get, and a few others. Uh, actually, when I came to the station today, I picked up a copy of the San Francisco Bay Times. LGBTQ news and calendar for the Bay Area. Since the tragedy in Orlando, down in Florida, uh, I guess that woke up so many people, we have been paying more attention to LGBTQ news and history. San Francisco Bay Times uh, announces the 30th Annual AIDS Walk in San Francisco. That's Sunday, July 17th in Golden Gate Park. Uh, Indeed. I think uh, I I made a list of the films, you know, beginning with Celluloid Closet. That's the historical overview of gays in films. But there are actually hundreds now, hundreds of films. The most recent is the one with Kate Blanchett called... Carol, I like that because it's the best, uh, the best. Well, the one that appeals the most to me, it's a story of a lesbian love affair, and uh, Kate Blanchett can do no wrong. Uh, uh, there are half a dozen others, but I'm not going to take time 
today to talk about those. Uh, you know, all you have to do if you have the cable television is go to the section on LGBT films and they'll give you most of their uh, offerings. There are a few that are too esoteric, even for cable TV. What I what I noticed when I picked up the uh, Bay Times, it scared me so much that I, <laughs> I dropped it here. Let's see. It's right next to the article on the San Francisco Jewish Film Festival coming up. Here it is. Now, this is what just jolted my frightened little old lady brain. It says here in the... Bay Times says ISIS video specifically threatens San Francisco. A terrifying video was released by ISIS specifically calling out San Francisco as the location of an upcoming attack. The video shows San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge focusing on the supports of the suspension bridge before panning to the cars driving past. The video also shows news footage of Pulse, the nightclub that was the location of the recent attack in Orlando, at the same time praising the attackers. Should be noted that the video was released the same day as San Francisco's Gay Pride Parade. Possibly speaking toward the anti-LGBT agenda that the Orlando incident suggested. Uh, it's pretty damn terrifying. I probably shouldn't have mentioned it. People keep telling me to look on the bright side. <laughs> I'm for that. I'm definitely, definitely for that. I hope I get a kick out of this Republican convention. Uh, don't wind up just grinding my teeth and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, writing little notes, writing little notes to the folks. I like to send little, um, little postcards and snail mail, you know, with just one or two lines, uh, something more profound than get lost, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, Mostly, as I said, I'll go to the seashore and uh, read old magazines and see if I can figure out something, something that we're supposed to do, we old folks. Uh, those of us who haven't much energy, we just write letters and make phone calls. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll study the Guardian and the European newspapers, try to figure out what happened, this current British disaster, uh, reading about here, Theresa May. This is the woman, compared to Thatcher and, uh, and Angela Merkel in Germany. Uh, always compare women with other women. I don't know why. Uh, this is the woman to be the next prime minister of Britain, I guess of England. There's no UK anymore if Scotland and Ireland have opted out, uh, I find that the expression used to describe Theresa May is Orwellian. Uh, she's called a liberal conservative. How do you like that? <laughs> it's so nice to know uh, 
that uh, the English voting public, those who did vote, uh, can be just as unaware and unthinking as uh, we have been from time to time here in these United States. I'm still traumatized by the rejection of Al Gore in 2000. I haven't got over that yet. After winning the popular vote, you may remember, if you're old, that the right wing managed to push Gore aside for George W. Bush. Well, well, you know, that's all blood under the bridge. Barack Obama has done, well, what he can to right the ship of state. But the damage... Damage is done. Damage done cannot be undone. And the carnage begun in 2003 with the assault on Iraq lost our country, the moral high ground around the world. Uh, we did stand on the moral high ground following uh, 9-11, the assault on the towers in the Pentagon, you know, uh, we were then in a position to do the right thing and to go after these, uh, what, terrorists, these criminals, as criminals. Anyway, uh, well, today I keep telling myself we're not the only bad guys. I mean, obviously, uh, <laughs> the old cliche, folks, it still stands. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. It's so hard to believe that the United States military machine uh, <laughs> has done anything to win the hearts and minds of all those who are being saved, saved from each other, I guess. I guess that's what they're doing over there. Uh, hmm. Truly, there's no way to say that we are bringing democracy to anyone. Uh, not even to the United States, although that's still a good idea. Now, whether we are increasing our own security, that's the sort of question better left to historians. Uh, the creation of a caliphate is not... Something I would bet on, but how in hell did we ever get the idea we could gamble with the misery of the masses? Uh, we continue to dance on the edge, even after two terms with a Democrat in office. President Obama is unable to repair the Supreme Court. The damage done there, you remember back in the day when the court uh, when the court put his predecessor in the White House, remember that, I guess 1991 was it? Outrageous to see Republicans reject the constitutional mandate giving the president the power, the right to select a new judge. When Antonin Scalia died, I thought there might be resistance you know, by the Senate committee. I thought they might be fussy, you know. They have to interview the the judge. He has to be vetted, I think the word is. But, of course, he is chosen by the president. Instead, the Senate simply refused to so much as see him, interview him. The guy's uh, a middle-of-the-road judge. Uh, he's been selected for the ninth seat on the court. 
uh, in the proper order of things. I don't know how these senators are getting away with it. They simply quit. They simply sat down and refused to do their job. Now, I remember the confirmation hearings for Clarence Thomas back in 1991. I'm sure it was 91. <laughs> A lot of people have completely forgotten about the confirmation hearings. Uh, hmm. Yes, a uh, quarter of a century ago, it is Thomas, whose right-wing votes on so many issues have lurched to the right. The court has just, uh, well, you know, I keep saying, could have been worse, right? Could have been worse. Uh, but Thomas... Uh, Recently, you know, that Texas vote on access to abortion services. Thomas uh, voted that one down. Now, uh, all the other judges, the, uh, well, let's see, was a majority voted it uh, down, and Clarence Thomas was for it. Uh, the three dissenting justices, well, two of them recommended sending the case back to the lower court. Only Justice Clarence Thomas held out for the passage of one more of those silly laws that make access to abortion difficult for women and for health providers. You know that stuff about the hall has to be eight feet wide, stuff like that. Uh, that one was about, um, oh shoot, uh, uh, things like the doctors having to be part of the uh, staff on a local hospital, that stuff. Anyway. The selection of Supreme Court justices is uh, a much more historic event. It's much more serious than the election of any president. It's a job for life. And here we've got this, uh, what do you call it, uh, this incredible, incredible fuss about our presidential election. goes on for years. Uh, Thomas has had a quarter of a century to throw his vote to the right, uh, as, yes, when he, yes, as when he voted for the election, the selection of George W. Bush, you remember? He was there. He was on the court. 2000. How quickly we forget. Anyway, there's an HBO show, which I think I recommended on these airwaves, it's called Confirmation. It's a searing indictment of what happened when Thomas was uh, <laughs> interviewed, vetted, yes, before the senators. Now, uh, that show is still playing on demand, and it's, uh, well, it's almost a documentary, but of course it, it does employ actors. Uh, it details the way... Anita Hill's testimony about her sexual harassment. You know, she endured an awful lot of, yuck, uh, naughty talk from <laughs> from uh, Clarence Thomas back when he was her boss. Uh, Senator Joe Biden was chairman of that committee. <clears throat> uh, they say he was pressured by the other senators, uh, and other interested parties. Uh, they wanted him to move quickly, get this sordid testimony over with. Just confirm, Thomas. Uh, there were other women, one in particular, come to Washington to testify. They were already there. Uh, we see in this uh, recreation, in this show, 
confirmation. We see Joe Biden shamefacedly uh, telling one woman to go home. He says there's just no way he can continue the uh, the hearings. You know, uh, the senators involved had just lost face, uh, Republican senators anyway, when Judge Bork, another right-wing nominee, was voted down. They weren't about to let that happen again. Thomas was to replace the very left-wing black Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, a man for the ages, apparently. No one thought to consider... uh, our good marshal's uh, historic record on the court. His famous remark was, quote, a black snake can bite you just as well as a white one. He was, of course, a champion of civil rights. He belonged to the Moses generation. We always talk of those who were, well, I don't know, uh, the great wave of men who and women who fought for civil rights back in the day, in any case. Clarence Thomas was confirmed, much to the shock of those of us who were absolutely certain that the integrity of Anita Hill was obvious. Uh, she was this law professor, woman of great dignity, serious uh, no bimbo. Uh, recently, I heard Barbara Boxer saying that uh, her failure to block that boat, her failure to stop Clarence Thomas's arrival uh, on the scene, yes, she said it was the thing she most regretted during all her years in Washington. She's retiring. She's written a book. Uh, maybe she explains in greater depth what happened. Uh, the interviewer asked her uh, for her greatest regret. Uh, so recently on, uh, I think it was a radio show anyway, she explained how it was that she was just certain that it was a done deal at the end of that first week of uh, Anita Hill's testimony. She says she just had no doubt at all that Anita Hill was telling the truth and anyone could see that. Uh, she says that something else was going on. You know, she was distracted or she looked away for a moment. Uh, she said that this was her greatest lesson. Never, never be sure of anything in politics until it is done. Uh, she obviously has realized the effect of giving this judge a lifetime appointment. In the HBO play, we see... Barbara Boxer played by, would you believe, B.B. Newarth. You remember that terrific actor who played Lilith in Cheers. I love B.B. Newarth. I saw her on stage in San Francisco in Bertolt Brecht's Three Penny Opera. It's my favorite. I have it for my theme song here on KPFA. Anyway, B.B. Newarth sang Kurt Lyle's satiric Tale, the three-penny opera is all about corporate greed and capitalist cruelty. Uh, huh? <laughs> yes. Very, very appropriate. Uh, it was written 
Back in the 1930s, you remember that stuff all about Berlin between the wars, then the Weimar Republic, the effort at democracy uh, between the wars or after World War I, all that was destroyed. And along came Hitler's party, yes, the year I was born, 1933. First thing Hitler did was padlock the birth control clinics. <laughs> ah, yes, can't let these women play God. Anyway, confirmation is very good, at least from my point of view. It's very valuable. Uh, certainly looks like a documentary. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I keep asking myself, how do we get a uh, play like this into the schools or on primetime television? Anyway, uh, back, well, today, back in the day, the race card was new. But today, we have a better understanding of all that. Uh, Thomas certainly played the race card, you know. He guilt-tripped the senator's. He did not respond to any of Anita Hill's testimony. He was allowed to testify first. And uh, he, well, he said it was all a setup. You know, his phrase was that he was the victim of a high-tech lynching. That's his phrase, a high-tech lynching. That was enough. Now, we know all about the pathology, the fears in our own society. Uh, it's hit like a bomb, what with this business in uh, Dallas. Uh, I guess we're having a civil war. Uh, today we are seeing just how deep these fears go, how the Republican backlash to Barack Obama's election is very much alive and well. Rumor is that a decision was taken right after the 2008 election decision to resist any of this black man's visions. Uh, hmm, they weren't going to play. Uh, they weren't going to back any of his proposals. He had no hope for legislation of a progressive nature. They sat down on the job. Uh, the congressmen dug in their heels and they they sat it out till 2012 and then they got the edge. They, they got uh, more Republicans into the Congress uh, and things got even darker. The president's gray hair and gaunt face tell me just how hard he is trying to play this game. Uh, Politics is the art of the possible. Our president is a very cosmopolitan guy. When he was a young, young man, I think around 10, he had several years over in Indonesia, in Jakarta, and uh, he saw what the greater world could do uh, to a whole culture, to a society. Uh, now, if the president joins Hillary Clinton in her campaign for the Democratic, uh, <laughs> the Democratic, uh, party's candidate, I think that the two of them may be able to rescue that seat on the Supreme Court. 
I hope, I hope, I hope. Now, I'm not sure that uh, Hillary would select the same judge, but I'm assuming that she wouldn't do something drastic. Uh, uh, she's certainly going to need the president's help when she uh, starts campaigning uh, against, oh, I can't even say the man's name. I won't say the man's name. It depresses me so. Actually, Hillary's husband might be some use uh, if he could just play it, play it cool, you know. His efforts on her behalf uh, seem protective. That's so sweet, you know. Uh, <laughs> that stuff can go wrong, you know. It's one thing when a uh, candidate's wife, a woman, you know, goes around saying that her husband is absolutely right about absolutely everything. For some reason, we forgive her for that. <laughs> but I hope Bill will just save his charisma for the crowds, for the big scene. And don't go having private chats with attorney generals. You know, that was a kind of a dumb move. Trump will jump on that one. Oh, I said the name. I said the word. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Bernie Sanders says that uh, that Donald Trump is a pathological liar. That is his phrase, his words. Pathological liar. Yes. It's on the Charlie Rose show. It wasn't Charlie Rose interviewing him, but it was Charlie Rose's show. And Bernie said, just disregard everything he says because he's a pathological liar. And he added that even he was sick of those emails. You remember that was one of the first things he said when debating with Hillary Clinton. He was with her. <laughs> Never mind the emails. But she's done whatever she thought she had to do. Uh, I think, as I understand it, I'm not a lawyer, as I understand it, at the time she was using her private uh, email address, uh, it was uh, in no way illegal and certainly uh, uh, in no way something that nobody else did. It, it was not, it was not in any way uh, a crime, folks. Uh, she was just trying to make her life easy. Never mind, never mind. It's no good, it's no good, you know, that that cliche about uh, you throw something up against the wall, you know, spaghetti or something. Some of it will stick. All you have to do is accuse people. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, prove your case. Uh, anyway, the president, our present President Barack Obama, has referred to Donald Trump's style, presentation, his manner as cavalier. How do you like that? Cavalier. I suppose that means that the man is not serious, just speaking in hyperbole. Looks to me as if he's having the time of his life. If he's faced with a serious chance of winning this one, I imagine he will find some reason to just lose his temper and go off in a huff. That's the style I like. I do that all the time. Maybe he'll go to Scotland and be their leader. Anyway, I'll be back in a month. Rumors of my demise are exaggerated. This has been Jennifer Stone. 
Until next month, go easy. And if you can't go easy, what the hell? Don't go. In sports, as in life, sometimes you just have to step up. If you're one of those people who believes in something or someone and find them at a critical juncture, you step up and do what you can do to help. Sometimes those people are called heroes. We simply call them our listeners who have always been there for us and the community we serve. Right now, KPFA is walking a fiscal tightrope without a net. We find ourselves at a critical juncture, just like the country, and we desperately want to be able to provide you with non-filtered coverage in this election season. If you haven't stepped up in a while and donated, be a hero. Go to kpfa.org and click the support button. Step up so folks can continue to say, I heard about that on KPFA. Hey, this is Caroline Casey, weaver of Context for the Visionary Activist Show, a show that aspires to wed spiritual magic and conscious, compassionate social activism. Join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. as we invoke and implement a more ingeniously cooperative and reverent world. You are listening to 